K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched, we're back at it finally after our hiatus, pew, and pew. we watched episodes 9 and 10, right? Of My Country, The New Age. She remembers Those how to count. I watched, yeah. <laughs> we got there, we got there. Um, I'm glad to be back. Me I too. also feel like I don't remember if Sunho was like this before we left. That was what I was thinking. <laughs> I was going to I was even going to say what if we lead with the fact that I wasn't as mad at Sunho this time around because cuz he was a completely different character. Yeah. But just for these two episodes, I feel like he's going to be, well, just for like like one episode, episode, yeah. (laughs) He's going to definitely just be like the pits, I feel like, for at least another three, four episodes uh, before we start to wrap up in the other direction. I was just so thrown off because we took like a two or three week break between watching any episodes. And I was like, I don't think he was this nice when I left off. I was so mad at him. That's my best friend and her sister that you're trying to kill. You can not, you cannot my father. And I was like, um, I'm sorry. Aren't you the one who sent him off to die? Yeah, where was this energy? Where was this energy literally the past eight episodes? I And I think it worked really well for the transition where Yon died and he got really depressed and then he comes back and is like, I want to put my father in a higher position so that I can murder him and take over his power, which is like, okay, that's a really interesting motivation. I like that you spelled it out for me because I'm a big dumb idiot and I need that. And I'm interested to watch it. I think that I'm glad that he has a lot of direction now, and it makes sense why he's doing the things he's doing. But it was so jarring to see that episode 9, where he's like, good boy Sano, what we always want him to be, and then have the twist, and be like, wait, but the Sano in episode 9 is the exact same Sano we've seen in the first eight episodes, so is it a twist? I don't know, I'm so confused. Hiatus. So stupid Sanho for eight episodes. Hiatus. Good Sanho. Not so good Sanho. It is. I don't know where we stand with him because yeah, that was the thing through episode nine. Multiple times, I thought. I think I'm mad at him still though, but I don't feel that <laughs> mad because he doesn't seem like the character I'd be mad at. He's just out here trying his best for his friends. He's the first one to rush over and warn them that they're going to be killed. He's like, that's really important to me that they don't get killed. I would like to warn them and save them, and I'll fight alongside my my two best friends. And then, I, I don't know, I guess I was confused where that energy came from. And then we go back to Evil Sono, which is kind of who we've seen from the beginning of the show. It's like... He's got a little more direction now, but he's still making the same moves. He's kind of just doing what his dad wants to do. Yep. So I guess we'll see. I just feel like, I mean, this is definitely how we move in the direction of him going up against Hui in the 
opening scene, but also, I don't know, that was also interesting coming back to the setup of their whole plot, where Hui dies, essentially, Bong Wan dies, uh, essentially, like, we get to a point where they're both dead for oh, yeah, all intents and purposes. Yeah. Yeah, because we watched we watched Hui shoot Bong Wan when we left, and then we see him opening. He shoots him again. So we've got two arrows. <laughs> Stop shooting him. <laughs> You've shot him a lot. This doesn't line up with the opening scene. So now I don't I don't know what's going on. And again, I think we said this in our last podcast episode. It's been so long that I couldn't say definitively. But maybe if they hadn't shown us that opening scene, this would have a lot more impact, right? I would have been completely shocked that they killed Bong Wan and a main character in the middle of the series. But instead, some tension, right? But there was none. All I could think was, ah, this doesn't line up. Yeah, when's this gonna end? When are they gonna tell me how this how this worked? Because right now we're watching Nam John make his big speech to Bong Wan while he chokes him out, and you're like, when's Bong Wan gonna open his eyes and be like, ha, got you? It doesn't (laughs) happen, so it just feels like a really long scene. And then later, much, much later, is the gotchu, which is great. It's a great moment, but there, yeah, there could have been so much more buildup there had we not known that everybody's alive ten years later or whatever. Yeah, so at this point, you're just teasing something, I guess. I don't know. The, the, something. I couldn't <laughs> figure it out. I'm still, to this day... I'm still trying to justify showing us that scene in the beginning. And I hope by the end of the series, it all makes sense. And I feel very yeah. comfortable with how they laid everything out. Because otherwise, it's so well done and really lovely and exciting. And the adventure parts are adventure. And the triumphant parts are triumphant. And the devastating parts are devastating. They, they're they doing a great job. I just... It was... It is only becoming more questionable with time that they opened with that. Because they could be devastating us so much harder and... I don't know. Keeping us on the edge of our seats. Like, what's gonna happen? Is Hui really dead in the middle of this series? And they're like, no, we told you. Episode one, we told you at least how long he lives. Yep. We told okay. you how long he lives. We told you how long Bong Wan lives. We told you how long Sian or uh, yeah Sian Ho lives. We told you how long Nam John lives. You can assume the king's still alive because it seems like Bong Wan isn't on the throne. So mm, we've given you a pretty good idea of, at the very least, some sort of timeline for these characters. Okay, well, don't next time. I don't know. Yep, don't do a do different that. teaser. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I feel like, especially with Sono's storyline, I kind of complained about it right off, right off the jump of this podcast. I loved it. I loved seeing good boy Sono. I loved his turnaround and being like, maybe friendship is important to me. Like, yes, boy, it is. Let's get some more friendship in here. And he doesn't stick with it, and that's fine. But I loved to see it for one episode. 
the yeah. the boy that I wanted. I would have loved to see it for more episodes. I don't know. I guess it just feels so inauthentic if every three episodes he decides friendship is important, and then we know that at any given time he could revert back to friendship is not important. It doesn't feel like character growth at that point. It mm. just feels like character uh, stagnation, right? Where he isn't actually changing. He's just, I don't know friend in convenient times when he feels yeah. like he's got nothing else to lose. I think they they did a respectable job of maybe it's just my mind filling in the blanks and being like, well, he's an idiot. Like, we've already kind of decided that he's an idiot. So maybe if he thinks this one time he can save Hui and Yan and kind of make it up to them and be like, I'll do the good boy thing. And then we won't be friends again. But at least I'll have paid my debts. And you're like, that's not at all what's going to happen. But then you get to see how devastated he is and the emotions that he goes through. And then go back to like, I've lost everything again. So I guess I'll be like my dad so that I can gain some power and go for my original goal of taking over the country. It kind of makes sense if you're a big dumb idiot like I think Sono is. I see it. And yeah. that's the only reason I'm enjoying it so much, I think. He is hugely stupid, though. Just... <laughs> we love to see it. Yeah. He's I'm supporting A, a beautiful him. idiot. A beautiful idiot. As long as every so often he's like, friendship is important. I'll, I'll stay hooked. Yeah, just, just in every time. six episodes. Just in time to not really save the day, but to make <laughs> us feel a little bit bad for him. Because yep. he doesn't know what's going on. He wasn't let in on the plan, so he's once more going through extreme emotional turmoil. <laughs> as long as we get those beautiful tears from him, because I'm obsessed with that actor. He is gorgeous. He Give is, me I the range. <laughs> and... Oh, I'm in love with the bad boy, so I loved seeing his evil turn in episode 10, where suddenly he's just like, I'm on the dark side now. I am Anakin Skywalker. I am bad boy, evil Knievel, like, love me if you dare. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I will. <laughs> you convinced me. You convinced me. Also, I ship him with the girl who was saved by Hui. I don't know why. Just, like, you throw any woman on screen, and I'm like, ship. There's a ship right here. Make <laughs> him oh, fall in love with her, because she seems very strong in character. We lost our young ship, so... <laughs> if that ever was, I don't know. It. I think that they set up a situation where, I, when she was younger, she had a very obvious crush on Sion Ho, and then they later built it much further out as just a sibling relationship, some very deep mutual respect. She was the only person in this world who unconditionally believed in him. Um, I loved that. I liked it a lot better than a traditional romance. Me too. I, I definitely preferred it. And also, I support him in not being attracted to someone he knew as a child. Yep. We, I always will support that, so... <laughs> That's all right with us. Yeah. But if you did want a traditional romance, have I got the girl for you? We she found her. Seems to be some sort of slave who was about to be traded, and that's 
a very sad position. I don't want you to have so much power over her. But if you kind of lifted her up, she seems like a strong woman. Maybe you see a bit of where you came from in her because... And it's not that she's like your mom, because that would be creepy, but you... you a have, little bit she is, yeah. yeah. You have some familiarity with her situation due to your uh, early, early upbringing, before your dad decided he wanted in on whatever was going on with you being raised. Um... <laughs> So, like, we don't support the Oedipus complex, but we see it and we acknowledge its power, I suppose. (laughs) And whatever, man. She seems like a great gal, and we want more (laughs) strong female leads. So, if you're going to give us someone similar to Hui Jae, who's just going to, like, keep ascending throughout this show, give us this lady. I'm here for her. Yep. Uh, Because... Hui Jay is perfection, so anyone who follows in her footsteps is fine by me. Um, I do want to mention, speaking of strong female leads, because I don't think that we've given enough credit to Yan. And now that she's, now that she's passed, now that her time is gone, I'm feeling guilty about, I mean, I would put a lot of it on the writers, that they essentially made her a tool of manipulation. The, mm-hmm almost primarily only a weak point. But on the flip side of that, it is very cool to see how without her around, absolutely no one, even the king, knew how much power the existence of this one kind girl who saw the best in everyone was. Because without her around, I feel like these two uh, plotting boys have nowhere to put their energy because they don't have a little sister to love anymore. And so they have nowhere to put their energy except into causing an extremely bloody war. So (laughs) That's fair. These directionless boys are wreaking some havoc on the country, which I find somewhat confusing. I have kind of lost the plot on Hui's storyline, and I like to think they'll do some explaining in episode 11... But it seemed like maybe he walked into a river after Yon died and then just, like, disappeared. I think... And now he's working for Bong Wan. Yeah, I think there was a time jump there, right? Yeah, there was six-year big... time jump. Okay, yes. So we have our six-year time jump. I'm pretty sure the boy was going to unalive himself. And then yes. he did, decided not to, right? Yep. So, yes. yeah, aside from that... Yeah, but I then Hui Jay like shows up at the river and goes, "Ah, he's gone." And then after the time jump, she sees him in the square. It seems like she's kind of been keeping tabs on him. She's like, "I know everything because I'm the queen of Iwaru now." But we're not. We, we don't talk anymore. Yeah, she doesn't quote seem unquote surprised. dead. Yeah, she seems aware but sad. Yeah, so did he fake his death, and so she's keeping her distance? My guess is that he just decided to keep his distance. I'm I'm guessing he kind of just never reached out, and she was kind of going through her own shit, and he never asked. She lost what was effectively her surrogate mother in the same day that he lost his sister, but no one asked her how she was doing. (laughs) (laughs) That's 
That's fair. And I'm guessing that, you know, life just gets in the way and there was probably a very silent uh, but firm acknowledgement that maybe neither of them had the emotional emotional capacity to pick up where they were headed. I guess that makes more sense because we saw so many scenes between them where they're beautiful and lovely together and they're super sweet and they clearly like each other and we finally get their kids, which is so cute. And then they're constantly talking about how they can't be together and she's constantly saying, I'll wait for you. And I'm like, it seems like you're going to wait for him until a couple of weeks later when you guys meet like this again. You're constantly at lakesides together and I love it. But you talk a lot about waiting. It doesn't seem like you're waiting. And then we get the six-year time jump where she clearly has not had contact with him. And it makes a little more sense that they've had this buildup of, we can't be together until you've done such and such a thing and we've both kind of come to the same level. And once we're both on that same level, then we can be in love. But it seems like they've been in love the whole time, so I didn't really get it. Yeah, I think that also it's kind of disappointing, I guess, even though it maybe makes sense. But it's kind of disappointing that they would consider themselves not on the same level at this point, because I think they pretty much both are extremely committed to the end of Nam Jong. Yeah. Because... She found out that he ordered the death of her mother, essentially, and why do I keep saying essentially? Well, good luck, listeners, for the rest of the time, because I pointed it out, and now you can't unhear it. Um, (laughs) Word of the week. Yeah. Word of the week. Like is out, essentially is in. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I think that it would be a very good time for them to maybe consolidate efforts because clearly he's going to be much harder to take down than we ever anticipated. It kind of felt to everyone like that was it for him. And then it wasn't. And I, we all knew it was you and me knew it wasn't because we saw the, we we saw the the future. So (laughs) (laughs) we saw episode one. So we knew he was going to survive. Yeah. But they didn't. And they felt pretty confident that they had wrapped that up in a little neat package. They did not. So it seems like a good time to say, let's let's do this together. Are we in this together? We don't even have to be in love right now, but it seems like maybe we should be talking about what's going on so that we can work out what to do about this mess. Yeah, like, I'm getting so excited just talking about this because, obviously, Sohui and Huijie, the biggest ship, the best ship, I love them together and I want them to be together. But also, we get the addition of Bong Wan in the triangle because it seems like Sohui is still working pretty directly for Bong Wan. So if we had Huijie also working with Bong Wan, I love those two together. They're just on the same level. As far as, like, intellect and almost on the same level of resources. Like, these people are connected. And I want to see more of them. And I think Sohui would be that that little connection, what brings them together. So let's get, let's get this ship back on the sea. Okay, let's, let's cast it. Cast yeah. it out to sea. I clearly don't know boats. 
<laughs> cast cast the boat out to sea. Push it, untie it from the docks, and sail it. Um, sail it. Launch is launch. <gasps> I the think launch. launch. Do you launch okay. a boat? Wait. Now I'm worried because I know you launch a rocket. I'm not sure if you launch a boat. <laughs> Why did they make ships the thing? I know it comes from relationships, but <laughs> God, I don't know anything about. Oceans or boats or ships. We need to watch a nautical K drama that yeah. forces us to study boats. There's one that's like a a hospital drama on the ocean that's set on like a cruise ship or something. We'll watch that one next. Yeah. <laughs> it's called like Hospital Ship, I think. I don't oh, remember. A hospital playlist boat. <laughs> <laughs> hospital boat list. Yeah. We're bad at this. We're bad at titling K dramas. We'll we'll workshop it. But yeah, yeah we, got we, some time. we need to research <laughs> ships. <gasps> oh, sorry. Did you want to finish saying something? Because I have something else to say. No, I, I think ready. I cut you off though. No, I don't. I don't. If I was saying something, no memory of it, and I'm ready <laughs> for what you have to say. <laughs> okay, because I did finally research something, and it I googled Poon. Because I was so oh. curious, and we were very right in <gasps> why we didn't know him. Very famous uh, scholar. Uh, at the end of the Goryeo dynasty, he, like, aced the civil servants' exams. All three of them, he got, like, the highest possible scores. So he's a super smart dude, and became an advisor to the king, and then was killed by Yi Bong Wan, who I guess was also a historical figure, uh, in an attempt to gain more power, gain more political power, because Poon was so trusted by the king. He was he was murdered. And I thought that was really cool and fun fun little fact. That is very interesting. Also now that we know that these political figures existed in history obviously the two boys feel pretty fictionalized they feel like the they feel like the fictional aspect of this um Huijay feels pretty fictionalized she's too perfect to be real but mm-hmm. also never take her away from me um Yon was probably yeah. real yeah <laughs> that one feels real the young girl who dies needlessly that's real yeah. Yeah, no, she existed in many, many, many young girls, I'm sure. Um, but that makes it tricky to know any history and not have this show spoiled, because I feel <sighs> like the answer of what happens between at least Bong Wan, who we know exists, and the king, who probably subsequently exists, or maybe not subsequently, because probably Bong Wan subsequently exists. Dude, essentially exists. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that probably Bong Wan actually exists as a result of the king being his son. Um, so somewhere out there, if we were to know history, we would know who of these people, if any, ends up on the throne at the beginning of the Joseon era. Yeah. Is it going to be the crown prince, the young boy who has now become a young man? Is it going to be Bong Wan, the fifth son, who is very, very powerful 
on the battlefield and maybe in a battle of wits, but is maybe pushing his luck a little bit. Not well-liked. Not well-liked, but has a lot of power. I think a lot of the ministers have uh, sworn their fealty to Bongwon at this point. We'll never know, because I'm not going to Google that. No, I've got a show that to would watch. be spoilers. I'm no fool, and also I'm very lazy, so yep. I'll just keep watching the show. I just imagine that in the time it would take me to actually remember to Google it and then Google it, I'll probably just have finished the show. Yeah. <laughs> that would be bonus episode content. Yep. We will research real history to let you guys know what real history is. It's something we liked you in the bonus episode, let you know things you could easily Google yourselves. Um, that's pretty much what the bonus episode is. I actually have never given a more accurate description of what our bonus episodes are. We let you know about things about this show that you could easily just Google yourselves and learn but probably better. But you're not better. going to. We know yeah. that. And you don't have to. Are you going to play Who's That Face with yourself? Probably not. Probably not. Just like we're not going to look up any history about this show out of our laziness. Somebody else did it for us and they made a show out of it. That's what <laughs> we're doing for you. We're providing a service. <laughs> uh, what else happened? I don't know. Cheeto survived. I was very impressed that he continuously survived these episodes. Right? I am waiting for... I now know... I know in my heart that they are not going to let me keep him to the end. <laughs> and now it's just a matter of time. And I am worried constantly. But we Aww. got him through the first half of the show. Over half of the show now. So we're, we can't say the same for all of the good characters. So... Yeah... They're definitely in a private army that is not supposed to exist, but they're doing well for themselves. I liked this time jump that allowed them to branch out of the little forest cabin that they were living in and being secret bandits, kind of just committing crimes that they had come up with. It was nice that they have a little bit more stability in their lives, especially Chido. Him as a teacher adorable. I love that. No one would be a better teacher than Cheeto. But also, the physician with, I think her name is Hwawol. Yeah. Their little, their little thing? Their little flirt fest? I'm happy for them. I'm happy for him because here's the thing. I think maybe it's not worth getting into, like, hygiene and hygiene access. That said, they went really hard with the makeup. On him. Yep. So, I, and that's all I'm going to say about it. And it is kind of nice that they don't have to take that much time on his makeup anymore. <laughs> I like that there was the, yeah, there was an access that changed for him. And thus, he was able to be the man that the woman he had a crush on wanted. I think that's something that Pride and Prejudice has instilled in me. I've never read the book. Don't think of me as a smart person. I watched the 2005 Kira Knightley movie and fell in the love with that one. version. The best yeah. version. So if you tell a man, like, hey, you need to change if I'm ever going to be in love with you, and then he goes off for a few years and changes for the better, 
I love that. I love yeah. that romance. It's like a reverse of all of the other romances in the world where the woman goes off and changes. Mm-hmm. So, you or know. the romances hi- where a woman tries to change the man in the relationship. Yeah, She's like, which is, I don't like him now, but I'll change him. Like Ugh. She was honest with him. She let him know what she was interested in, and she didn't say, I expect you to be this. She just said, this is what I'm looking for, and my standards, and what I'm attracted to, and that I is... Like a man who tries hard, and he's yeah. like, oh, I, I can try hard. I can change <laughs> in those ways. Let's do this. Yeah, that that is actually extremely very good. That I that there were no promises made. It was just communication and then meeting expectations. Adorable. Oh, <laughs> I loved it. And it's a it's a background character storyline that just brings me joy. It doesn't need more space than it's taking. Mm-mm. It is perfect as it is. It makes me feel like there is a very slight chance that he will survive. It is a small, minuscule chance. I. We'll I often feel that when watching historical dramas, I just often, often feel that no one is going to survive it because historical dramas are usually framed around a really volatile time where everyone was in danger constantly. Because literally, if you look at the kids, the the boy kings, the boy princes, being rich and in a position of power is actually not helping them. They are constantly in danger of assassination. One of them's probably already dead. We never see him anymore. Yep. But being poor also makes you very expendable. Because no one gives a crap about you, and they just send you to the front line. There is no winning in historical (laughs) anything. (laughs) History was hard for all people, constantly. And so in my mind, if we watch a historical drama, everyone dies at the end. Yeah. I think the that's only person fair. I can see even remotely surviving to the final credits is Hui Jie, and even that is not guaranteed. I but think Hui Jie, and I think maybe they're giving us this romance so that Hua Wul can cry over the physician's death. Like, that is dark. That is dark to say, and I hope it's <laughs> not true, but I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, they usually don't kill off the comedic secondary lead romances, but that said, it's historical. It's historical. <laughs> everyone dies. So everyone, everyone dies at dies. the end, except Scythe Boy, because he and Cheeto went head-to-head and neither of them died? What? Yeah, what even... So that's confusing in a sense, uh, because we find out so much of that was staged, but their fight was just a secret fight in the woods. Yeah. They just their went to the was forest. Real. And yeah, they had a real fight, and I don't understand where that comes in other than just audience anticipation, but that's kind of weird to look back on and think, wait, why? So you <laughs> maybe backed yourselves into a weird plot corner with that bad boy. That's fair. I genuinely can't remember. I would like to have an answer to this question. Feels like a loose end for now because my memory does not extend far back enough to recall the plot of episode seven, like or episode yeah. eight, I think. So yeah, whoops. I just yeah, because I thought that all that was build up to show Psych. It was all a plot, as yeah. far as I'm aware, because it seems like Cheeto knew about it. Because weren't they there 
shortly after Hui revealed the whole yeah, deal. They went Bong and joined Wong. him at Bong Wan's house. Yeah. And they're like, hey, I did-, did you just stab yourself? And he was like, yeah, I did. It hurts real bad. What? Then why did you fight Scythe Boy? Maybe I would guess that Scythe Boy is just a little unhinged and was like, any opportunity I see to kill these people, I'll do it. Like, Yeah. They have done a good... That would be character consistency, I'd yeah. say. <laughs> that feels like a him thing to do of like, whoops, Cheeto just didn't show up after after your little play. Oh, that's too bad. I wonder where he is. <laughs> hmm. Like, okay, right. psych boy, we know you know where he is. Tell, <laughs> tell us where Cheeto is. Oh. <laughs> um, that's just his vibe. Didn't didn't Sono also have a right hand man, the man in red? That did, have we not seen him? I don't think we've seen him in a while. I cannot. the The last time I specifically remember seeing him was when Xianho went to Bang Wan's estate to essentially. Oh, there it is again! What is wrong with me? Oh, okay, <laughs> I wouldn't have even noticed. Oh, good luck with the edits and good luck to our listeners. Um, he goes to Bong Wan's residence to save Hui, who was caught out in a lie. And yes. when he's on his way there, his right-hand man says, don't worry about it, it's not your problem anymore. Let that stupid pleb die. I don't know what he said. <laughs> um, but it was along those lines. It was that same vibe of this is not your war right here, right now, so maybe don't ruin everything by showing up there. And then he did. And then he got bamboozled by Hui's plan and (laughs) went to get tortured. And after that, we as far as I'm aware, we've never seen his right-hand man again. Because I thought he'd be the guy that walked into the poppy den and was like, here's your sword... What's going on here? You need to get out of this funk. Which also, can I say sidebar really, really fast? There is a translation that I don't know if it's completely accurate. I'm not going to call anybody out here if it is. It's just insane that the woman sits down and gives him more poppy and is like, what's your what's your problem, dude? And so Noah's like, I'm really sad because I lost someone. And she goes, well, we've all got our problems. She says, we've all got our sob stories. And I was like, my lady, I know we all do, but dang. Yeah, that is probably not necessarily by definition a sob story. I'd say a sob story was maybe if he was really playing it up right in that moment. He he barely told you anything, let alone a sob story. (laughs) He just let you know the reason he wants to be under the influence. And he has tears running down his face. He is clearly in the midst of grief. And you say, we all have our sob stories? And then just walk off? Like, I did not need you to talk to me today, ma'am. I wish the translation had just been suck it up, buttercup. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what it felt like. And it was so odd. I don't know. I got mad at her in that moment. I was like, look at this beautiful, sad face, and you're just gonna call him a big whiny butt? Do you want me to call you a wambulance, sir? (laughs) No, He's a work of art, and you are mocking him. (laughs) (laughs) 
So anyways, yes, I thought that for sure it would be the man in red who came to say, so no, we don't care about Hui. I cannot emphasize enough how little we care about poor people. Okay, I am not poor people. (laughs) You are not poor people. I think the man in red is poor people, but it's just weird. He's gone. Like he's not in the show anymore. And I could have sworn, I think I, I am reminded of him when we see the scythe boy because I think they had really similar hair. Oh, yeah. I'm not following it super closely, but I think they are from the same region. They which both is... were red a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think they're of the same people, and that class of people is looked down upon as more like barbaric, and that's why they're hired as like swordsmen and bodyguards and. These people, these two specifically, are very impressive for having worked their way up the ranks so much, but they're still considered disposable. So I'm I'm always like, where's the two guys with the wigs? The big wigs, if you will. And uh, one of them's just gone. One of them's missing. Hmm. Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Um, maybe he died and both of us forgot. Yeah. I don't think he did, but maybe so. I'm not ruling it out because I could, it could have happened and I would have forgotten because I don't remember it happening, but it could have. That's absolutely a possibility. Another is that they changed his hair and clothes and he just disappeared in, in front of me. There was a guy who talked to the king that kind of reminded me of him, but he was also wearing red. I have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone wearing red looks the same to me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there was a scene with Bong Wan at his mother's funeral where he's wearing kind of funeral, or sorry, memorial. He's wearing memorial garb. And I was like, who's this guy? And then they zoomed in on his face. I was like, I know who that guy is. (laughs) Oh, no. Like... If they changed the man in red's head, like, hair and his clothes, he's gone. He's gone to me. (laughs) Yeah, because red. Red is the identifier. Um, Also, every time anyone has their hair down, any of the, sorry, any of the male characters has their hair down instead of pulled up into the little historical top knot. I don't know what it's called. Um... Whenever they let it down, they become different people to me. Yes. I even, even if I immediately know who they are, they become different people to me. <laughs> I can look at Bong Wan, know it's Bong Wan, and say, that dude looks n- not the same at all. That is a different person. I love his obvious extensions. I. Oh my god. <sighs> the wigs. <sighs> The wigs, the extensions, the the weaves, I give them all to me. <laughs> I love I that. love a wig. I think it was so much easier with Sohui after the time jump, him having really long hair now, because most of his scenes were in the dark and his hair is really thick and curly. So it was a little bit less jarring that his hair was really long. But when Bong Wan walks in with his hair down for the first time after he's shot, it's like, my guy, that's the hair you're rocking? You're, it's you're something. You're bolder than I. <laughs> um, I love it. Also, Nam Jong with his hair down is just, again, I knew who it was. I was not confused. I was not, I was not in any way startled. Uh, no, I was startled, but I wasn't, I wasn't unsure 
You're better I was, than I. I wavered. <laughs> Do I know no, that? Okay, it's Namjoon. It's Namjoon. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what? Yeah. Incredible. The transformation where you take Namjoon's hair down and you put him in a chair and cover him, cover him with blood. Who is that? Who's that man? It just takes me a minute. <laughs> But I'm an idiot, so whatever. Um, I have one last thing that I would like to talk about, and then cool. We... I have two last things, and then we can wrap up. Awesome, perfect. Uh, do you want to do one of yours, and then I'll do mine, and then we can wrap up on yours since you have yeah. two. Yeah, I'll start with my shortest one because it's kind of dumb. But the the scene where Yeon died, we see Huije and Gyul running towards her, and then for the rest of the scene, we see Gyul just like chilling in the background. And I don't want to blame someone for Yon's death when that person didn't stab her through the heart. Like, it's nobody's fault but the murderers. But also, Gyul, you're a very skilled swordsman. Are you the slowest runner in the world? How far was she? Yeah, it seems as it seems like maybe they had there was an implied let's stick together. And also the okay, so there's two swordsmen, skilled swordsmen, and two non-skilled swords women. <laughs> so, unfortunately, I, we'd love to see it, but it's not an aspect that was written into these characters. It would be too convenient if women were allowed to rock a sword and fuck shit up. So, we instead have two skilled swordsmen together at this point, because all the other skilled swordsmen are have bounced. So what if what if there were two skilled swordsmen who could protect the two women that were with them? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Wait, was was what's her face also with them? Wawel? No. Okay. It's just the four people. So I, I don't like rewriting the scene. I think it was brilliant they that they had Sohui impaired by the poison so he couldn't do archery as well. He could only shoot a man in the heart, but that's not going to stop anyone. So <laughs> I think it would have been interesting if they'd at least shown Gyul making an effort and yeah. like killing one of the dudes, maybe being preoccupied and too slow to get to the other one. But they're like, no, he does nothing. He, he helps 0%. He couldn't be bothered. He was busy again. Okay. Awfully convenient, Gyul, that you seem to be busy all the time. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it's a small thing. But what was your thing? Mine's also very small. I just eat up every scene, flashback scene that involves... Hui's father. Oh, so good. I'm obsessed with that man. I get I get why everybody loved him. Yep. I also love I I just eat it up. Whenever he's on the screen, I'm stoked. I want I, he's my dad in that moment. <laughs> I I'm learning. I'm learning how to be cool and collected and a, a skilled swordsman and kind to people, but and loyal, you know, and <laughs> We're learning how to live, really. Yeah. And my dad did a great job, don't get me wrong, it's just in that moment when when <laughs> that father figure is on the screen, I am enraptured. When you're offered a second dad that is that perfect, you're gonna take that. Yeah. Why not? Everyone loves two dads. It's so good. Uh, last, another, the tiniest thing, we're gonna end on just three tiny points that 
knock it out of the park, which is that I'm, I called it out in the first episode where I was like, this song is jarring. This song takes me out of the show. Now I am fully immersed and in love with the Power Rangers song that they play. I love it. It's perfect. 100%. Yeah. I'm the same. I was going to comment on it. I didn't know if it would be a, a point of conflict because we did episode one roast. roast. Just roasted just the Power roast Rangers it. song. Yeah. But now, sold. I am sold on the Power Rangers song. I get also excited when it comes, that ballad comes on. Because you know something good's about to happen. And oh, yeah, it's perfect. Now, I love it. There's no contention here. We are both in agreement. It's a good song now. <laughs> just took time is all. It just so. took time. <laughs> so essentially, if anyone's interested in reaching out to us, <laughs> you can do so at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of fan emails lately that we appreciate so, so much, especially the people watching our really old episodes that we're kind of embarrassed about at this point. Like, thank you for telling us that they're okay and that <laughs> sometimes you agree with us and sometimes you disagree with us. We love to hear all of your thoughts on our stuff. It makes us so happy that people are still listening. So yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, other places to reach us, you can find us on social media that we're not super active, sorry, but we're on Twitter at PlayOnK and on Instagram at PlayOnKPodcast. Yeah, and then we are on pretty much any, a lot of places that you'd stream a podcast. Uh, wherever you're listening to us now, there might be a way to rate, review, or subscribe. And doing any combination of those things really helps us out. It's the freest way to help us out. And it is, uh, it helps other K drama podcast listeners find us, essentially. So, yeah. And finally, we have a website. It's playonk.com where you can find all of our past episodes. You can sign up for a newsletter that we never write, but maybe we'll get back into someday. So you can be the first to hear about it when we do if you get signed up now. And you can find all of our affiliates to help the podcast in a monetary way that also helps yourself. If you want to build some skills, you can go through our Skillshare link and sign up. If you want to browse the internet in a protected capacity, utilize NordVPN. I also use it to access more dramas from different countries, and it's amazing for that. And finally, if you want to start your own podcast, we would fully support you. If you need any advice, feel free to email us. We would be happy to help. But also use our Blueberry podcast hosting links to get started. Um, and I think that's it. Yeah. Wait, sorry. Did you do Skillshare? I was so enraptured by your NordVPN explanation. <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> I thought it sounded like an advertisement I actually cared about. I was fully invested, so. Thanks, Raquel. I did do Skillshare. Yeah, if you want to build up some skills. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, So I'm just going to sneak one last one in here. I, if you found all of the secret essentialies, uh, go ahead and let me know. And <laughs> join us next week for the next two episodes of My Country, The New Age. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.